Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. This episode of the Candlestick Kids Fantasy Football Podcast is brought to you by Bet Online. July is underway and it's a great month for sports. If you're into sports betting, Bet Online is where you should go to win money today. With the NBA Finals ending and Major League Baseball heading into the second half of the season, there's plenty of betting action to get involved in. If you're a football better, there's tons of futures and props you can wager on as well. Bet Online has the latest odds, news, and information for all of your online sports betting needs. Visit the website today or use your mobile device to join and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. So before the next tip-off, face-off, or pitch, head over to betonline.ag or use the mobile app and start playing today. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. What up, T-Ticket Potters? Welcome back to the program. I'm your host, Sky Guasco. This is another episode of the Candlestick Kids Fantasy Football Podcast, a.k.a. TCK Pod. Very excited. Today we have a special guest, my man Laquan Jones, a.k.a. Real Deal Fantasy. He and I have been trying to link for quite a while, and we finally were able to dial it in. And, of course, if you followed Laquan, which you should be on Twitter and YouTube and everywhere else, you know that he's a big-time Rams fan outside of fantasy football. Of course, for this series, we're trying to bring in actual NFL fans who are also fantasy analysts to rep their team. Because so often in fantasy, you guys know that I deflect 49ers knowledge and things quite often, always deflecting to I'm a Niner fan, but I'm a fantasy analyst, yada, yada. Well, we like to have some fun on these and kind of rep our squads a little bit and uh, let Laquan talk a little bit more about his Rams. Of course, we do have some unfortunate news that just went down, which we'll talk about, but we'll see how we can maybe rebuild those rosters. Before we get into it, of course, please follow me on Twitter, Sky Guasco, S-K-Y-G-U-A. S-C-O, and also on Instagram, fantasyfootball underscore T-C-K pod. And please subscribe right here on YouTube. Click the bell, write a comment down below, live with any recommendations for the Rams, anybody you're loving, you're not liking, any values you like, anybody you're looking to take over, and what might happen now in that backfield, which we'll get into. And, of course, rate and review anywhere you listen to your Believe Podcast Networks on the podcast side of things. So before we get into this, I do want to give a shout out to our sponsors, and then we'll bring Laquan in and start talking some Rams fantasy preview. Let's give a shout out first and foremost here to Red Zone Draft Boards. So we all know that quarantine is starting to lift in certain states, certain areas, and those of you that are getting back into the live draft setting, my home league is finally getting back to it after a year off last year. We're going to be getting our Red Zone Draft Board, draftwithredzone.com. Use TCK to get 10% off. You get the Red Zone Draft Board. You get all of the stickers. You get customizable stickers. You also get a trophy. You get a ring. You get Smack Talk uh, stickers as well. You get all of this here with 10% off your promo code TCK at draftwithredzone.com. Next up, we have Bomb Banana Hot Sauce, banana-based, not banana-flavored, SeekTheSpice.com, new sponsor of the podcast, TCK, for 10% off of your order there. The white label bottle, a bit more mild, and the red label bottle, the Mui Mui, you get the hot sauce if you're into the spice. Go to SeekTheSpice.com and get your Bomb Banana Hot Sauce, banana-flavored, not banana banana-based, not banana-flavored. Next up, we got the Jersey Jungle. Hit up my man Trenton on Jersey Jungle at Instagram, the Jersey Jungle for authentic game-style jerseys, 10% off of one or two, 15% off of three or more jerseys. 
Again, you can see behind me here when I click away, I got the Colin Kaepernick. I got the Larry Fitzgerald up behind me. You guys know I rotate these jerseys out every single week. Both of these from the Jersey Jungle, they're authentic. They're stitch and twill. They are not the uh, pressed-on laminate that comes off in the dryer. These are great, super clean, team logos, fit very well. They got baseball, football. If you're a Bucs fan, you can get that basketball national championship jersey now. Go hit them up here, Jersey Jungle on Instagram, and tell my man Trenton, that myself and TCK sent you for 10 to 15% off of your jerseys. All right, we paid the bills. Let's bring in my man without any further ado. It's been a long time coming, brother. Great to have you on. Laquan Jones, a.k.a. Yeah. What AKA up, bro? Fantasy. It's good to have you on, man. How are you? I'm ready to go, man. I'm ready to talk some Rams. Depressing news. I'm sure it's on the agenda oof, tonight, but oof, uh, oof. we'll oof. get into it. <laughs> it is. We will. We will get into it. Unfortunately, if you're listening live, you're tuning in live via Periscope or YouTube. Feel free to jump in the comments, and the Quan and I will get to as many of those as we can during the show. Let's get right into it, man. We'll start every position here, and yeah. um, we will talk uh, Cam Akers and uh, running back situation. But before that. Let's talk about somebody that I think a lot of people in the fantasy industry are very excited about, including myself, Matt Stafford. Comes over from the Lions, of course, Jared Goff, actually from my hometown, fun fact. He is now gone. He's in Detroit. We'll see what he can do with the Lions. But let's talk about Matty Stafford here and what he might be able to do for the Rams in 2021. Yeah, man, I'm excited for Matthew Stafford coming over. I mean, unfortunately, Jared Goff couldn't fit the standard. You know, Sean McVay, he couldn't fit into his vision. I mean, I wouldn't say last season was like, you know, the cutting edge. I really think it was something building up, you know, which was, you know, basically, all right, we got to can the guy, but Stafford coming in, I'm really excited for, I think Shulman Bay is going to open up that playbook. Everything is going to be on the table. I mean, he has probably the best weapons he's ever had, honestly, since Megatron. So I really feel like as a whole, as a collective, that wide receiver core is going to eat. And I really feel like, you know, with Sean McVay being able to open up the playbook, he has a veteran where the QB, you know, the the IQ is not low. I'm not saying Jared Goff's was low, but his decision-making was questionable. You know, the heart wasn't there. He's sliding before the first downs when it's like third and 11. Just one yard, man. You can get it. But I feel like Matthew Stafford, he comes in with that swagger. He comes in with that toughness. We've seen Stafford basically win the game with a dislocated shoulder, telling the coach, put me back in, I can make the throw. So that's the type of energy and a type of mentality I want in a leader, especially, if, you know, for that offense who can obviously take it back to the Super Bowl. I love that. And and again, we're having a little, a little fun here on these particular episodes. Put your fan hat on really quick for the Rams. Do you, and yeah. obviously it's a very tough division. My Niners hopefully get healthy and bounce back. You can never count out the Seahawks and the Cardinals. Look, I mean, I think the Cardinals are number four in that division, but not yeah. by much. And any given week, the Cardinals can knock off one of these teams. And if anybody gets hurt or falls off, the Cardinals are ascending for sure. Do you think yeah. Matt, I mean, Jared Goff did get the Ram or helped get the Ram to a Super Bowl. Do you yeah. think, uh, do you think uh, Matt Stafford could potentially do the same thing in a very, very tough division this year? Um, I want to be optimistic. I want to be real too, but honestly, year one, I want to say yes. Like he has the tools, he has the mechanics, but I don't necessarily think, you know, it's, you know, bust or Super Bowl. So I really feel like, you know, we have two years with him realistically with contract and with his age, not saying he's old. He's the same age as Russell Wilson. So I really feel like, you know, Matthew Stafford can come in take us back to the bowl. But with that division, how it is, they're only getting better year by year. We always had the toughest division. I honestly say the MC West has been the toughest division probably since like 2010. Like there's just been, 
you know, Solid. year after year of just defense is getting better. The quarterback position getting upgraded. Like the Cardinals have been sneakily, you know, the fourth, you know, I would say fourth in div- division, but like they can, like you said, knock off anyone in our teams that can keep us from ascending to the playoffs. So I really feel like, you know, we have the probably the best defense and Matthew Stafford coming in. He definitely can utilize that. You don't have to really put the team on his back. He has weapons. He has a defense that can give him rest, give the offense some rest. And I'm really excited for Stafford to come in and ball out. If everybody says healthy, obviously it's a big caveat in this division, especially. <laughs> but if it if it happens, I really do think there's a realistic chance every single one of these teams could win ten games or more. Oh yeah, and I mean you have the Cardinals won ten games. They went ten and six, and they didn't make the playoffs. That was like probably like the craziest thing we ever saw. And it's like they won ten games and they didn't make the playoffs. That's rough. But that just shows how tough that division is. Like nobody's gonna lay down and take it. I mean, we got all. All guys in there with the quarterback position that can all ball out any time of the week. I mean, I'm really excited for Kyler Murray. He's going to be one of the guys that, you know, are probably going to hit that thousand mark for rushing and throw for like three to four thousand yards. It's going to be insane. And I think Jimmy G is going to be able to groom Trey Lance. You know, I really feel like that quarterback position is slowly improving, but I wouldn't sleep on them as a whole as an entire team. Yep, I agree. Uh, One note here on Matt Stafford, and we'll move on to the running backs. Fifty one percent. So. Just over half, 51% of Matt Stafford's wins as a Lion throughout his career required a game-winning drive, most notably <laughs> Week 7 last year at Atlanta with the Falcons, a 75-yard drive to go with a minute, four seconds, throws a touchdown with no time left there, and uh, threw an 11-yard strike to Hawkinson with two yeah. seconds left, and they win the game. And I think something that pops around a lot, like NFL Films has a clip with him playing the Browns a few years ago, and you mentioned it playing injured. Yeah, um, he basically broke his ribs essentially on a hit mm-hmm. for the, and you can hear him like yeah. wince and scream. And the trainers come out, and he's like, "Get off me, get off me!" And the clock's running, yeah. and he <laughs> runs down, and he, and he, you know, makes that touchdown there against the Browns. So he's a tough guy. I know yeah. that he's kind of come up short a little bit on a few of his first downs, where, but look, man, the dude's got broken ribs. I mean, like yeah, he's he played injured part. with his back, yeah. his leg is. And, and so sometimes you're just a little bit gun shy and, and hopefully with that offensive line improving the, a great defense, his best weapons ever, aside from obviously Calvin Megatron, Johnson being yeah. one of his guys, <laughs> but his best core weapons ever and his collector. best run game, even within out cam makers might be his yeah. best run game ever that he's had there in Detroit. So uh, Matt Stafford is one of my, um, I wouldn't even call him a sleeper, but he's one of those mid to late round quarterbacks that if I miss on the big guys, I'm very comfortable uh, as yeah. him as, as, as my starter there. For sure. All right, let's move into the running backs. Now, unfortunately, uh, just the time of, of recording here, um, <sighs> we had some, some bummer news come across the, the waiver here. Yeah. Um, cam Akers. Uh, torn Achilles out for the season this year. I don't want to, we're not a hyperbole podcast. I'm not a hot take podcast. I don't want to get into a bunch of future stuff and predict what's yeah. going to happen a year from now. However, unfortunately, again, this is more of a, a fan hat for you, Laquan. Yep. Unfortunately, big time running backs in the NFL standards and fantasy, namely Arian Foster is one of them that I'm thinking of. Um, Achilles are very, very difficult to come back from and get that yeah. boost, right? Marlon Mack is now not really in the way, in my opinion. He might get touches, but he's not going to have the explosion he had. Jonathan Taylor's the guy, in my yeah. opinion, because of the Achilles. So ACLs are one thing. We've seen a lot of running backs come back for ACLs these days. Achilles, though, is unfortunately just really going to set him back. So, again, kind of let's start with the fantasy side. 
reactions to Cam Akers? Um, obviously a disappointment. How do you feel about Darrell Henderson now? How do you feel about these other running backs? Is there somebody in that running back core that might, you know, split work? Or do you think Henderson's the dog? And there's a lot of free agent running backs out there. Yeah. Do you think anybody's going to come in? Who would you like to see? Who do you not want to see come in? Let's talk fantasy first, and then I'll get your uh, fan perspective on Cam Akers. Yeah, for fantasy, I feel like, you know, expectation is what really matters in all formats, you know, any player, any position that we're talking about. Real expectation. So right now we're seeing Henderson ADP just skyrockets, probably like the fourth round, the highest. So I still think that's too high because I really think the Rams aren't going to lean on him to have, you know, 15 to 20 touches a game. He's not going to be like the complete, you know, sole running back touching the ball. So I definitely think, you know, guys like Xavier Jones could possibly get involved in that pass catching role. So I definitely think they're going to split the load. They're going to probably run a running back committee. You might even see, you know, Jake Funk on the field, you know, one once or twice a game. So I really feel like, you know, the running backs, they're going to be leaned on, but not too much. I think this just means that, you know, the Rams are going to throw the ball more. Stafford's probably going to throw the ball 30 to 35 times. That's realistically. When Cam Makers was healthy, that might have been ballpark 25 to 30 times. You know what I mean? He really wouldn't have to go out there and ball out like that. But from a fantasy standpoint, I don't want people to go out there, rush and go get, you know, Darrell Henderson because Cam Makers is out. Because they could possibly bring a guy in. I mean, there's guys out there that are right now still available, like, you know, Le'Veon Bell, Adrian Peterson. I know people are saying Gurley, but I don't really think Gurley is going to have a, a reunion with the Rams, being that on his way out, it, it was kind of like messy. Kind of messy. Really like, not really like a, a good look. So he's probably not coming back to LA. But veteran guys that I can see coming in are probably like Adrian Peterson or Le'Veon Bell. They bring in a nice little, you know, be able to take a chunk of that workload that Darrell Henderson can have because Darrell Henderson's honestly not the healthiest guy either. I mean, he was banged up last season as well with yeah. the minimum role that he had split between Malcolm Brown and Cam Akers. So mm -hmm. we've seen that happen. So I don't think Henderson will be leaned on as the total guy, but there's not much guys out there that I wouldn't want to come in as a free agent. I mean, anybody that comes in, I'm, I will be appreciative so they can help. But um, fantasy standpoint, I can't see me grabbing, you know, Darrell Henderson or Xavier Jones or anybody that they honestly bring in. Cause you got guys like Deion Lewis and Duke Johnson that are out there that are still available. That could be the pass catching back change of pace or whatever the case may be. But as a fantasy standpoint, I would stay away from the Rams backfield completely. So in redraft, I agree with you in dynasty, uh, yeah. two different questions. <clears throat> what, are you, what are you doing with cam makers mm -hmm. and like it or not, <laughs> the hype on Darrell Henderson is fire right now. Um, yeah. what are you doing in dynasty if you have either one of them or don't, dynasty. are you looking to acquire maybe cam Akers for future or something on the cheap? Like what, what is your move with both in dynasty? So with cam makers, I'm honestly probably going to sit tight, even knowing that it's kind of hard to return back from that injury. I'm going to sit tight for a year. I'm going to sit tight for the simple fact that how early it happened in this season. So it happened in July. He has time to recuperate. You know, he can, you know, go to rehab. Maybe some new technology will pop out in the middle of the year where it like speeds up the healing process. I don't know, but I'm going to sit tight now for Henderson for dynasty. He's not the long term. So obviously you're going to be overpaying right now. You're going to be paying arm and a leg, a first rounder, second rounder. That's still too expensive for Henderson. He's good. He's a good serviceable running back. I, I don't want to sit here and bash him as if he's terrible. He, he's a good running back. I just think he lacks the vision that Akers had. 
He lacks the the ability to break tackles, to bounce off, you know. But I really feel like, you know, Akers was that guy. So he's no Akers if we're going to really, like, try to compare. So I feel like the Rams made a statement when they went and trade up to go get Akers as a second round. They're basically their first pick that they only had. And the investment on Darrell Henderson was less. It was the third round. So you kind of look back-to-back years like they weren't comfortable with Henderson regardless of Gurley was gone or not so i really feel like you know in dynasty standpoints i would hold tight on acres for one year and i wouldn't go out there buying henderson if anything i'm selling henderson so i can be be that guy to get the arm and leg for him you know what i mean yep and i i 100 agree on on all those fronts a couple positives for darrell henderson depending again this whole conversation might be moot if they bring somebody in the next day or two. A couple yeah. different things. Cam Akers did get the work, obviously, last year when when he was when uh, Henderson went down. So yeah. Cam Akers, over the last handful of games, um, he averaged 21 and a half carries and about three targets per game while playing over 60% of the snaps in the last four regular season games. And, of yeah. course, he went off in the uh, two playoff games as well. So, look, if Terrell Henderson gets 20 touches – it's it's going to be tough for him not to succeed. He could be a, yeah. a Mike Davis. He could be a James Robinson. And mm-hmm. I know it's not those aren't the the high high flying guys that we like in fantasy. But look, the, we saw with C.J. Anderson who took yeah. over for Todd Gurley last year, who was kind of washed in his career, but behind a good line with a good scheme, with the good you know, the work. I mean, he he uh, you know took the Rams through the playoffs when Todd Gurley could not there. So don't totally give up on Darrell Henderson. But I do agree with you. Yeah. Now you've talked about the free agents who are out there. I'm thinking there there's also a number of crowded backfields with healthy running backs who are probably going to get cut. Um, yeah. Quality veterans like a Mark Ingram is a guy who Ingram, could, yeah. he could come over. Good clubhouse guy. He's got you know good vibe, good energy, good hype yeah. for a young squad. Um, you know my boy, and I'm biased because I'm a duck, but Royce Freeman who is still yeah. just sitting at the end of the box, could have a good opportunity maybe if he's getting cut Why there. Why don't they publicly say what's wrong with Royce Freeman? I don't think anything's like, wrong with him. He's like personally. a Rolls Royce just sitting in the garage. Oh, man. you don't got to tell like, me, bro. You don't got to uh, tell me. I live I live five miles from Odson Stadium. I watch every snap of Royce Freeman crushing the entire uh, you know, Pac-12. Just release him. Just release him. I don't understand it. Somebody's going to get a gem. I just don't want the years to go by. The motivation, the talent just starts declining when it doesn't really need to. Like he really needs that shot. But hey, this ain't a Royce Freeman podcast. <laughs> I know you're gonna you're gonna get me all fired up. But Royce Freeman's a guy that I think not a lot of people in fantasy are talking about anymore. He could get released or traded for <laughs> and come over and have a good work. Also, yeah. look, there's a number of guys on my Niners right now. I know Jeff Wilson went down, Raheem Mostert's a bit banged up, but we yeah. have the two new rookies in Sermon and Mitchell. But we have Jermichael Hasty, undrafted yeah. free agent, right? We got rid of Salvin Ahmed. Uh, two years ago when he was in UDFA, goes to Miami and does well. Yep. And we don't have room for him. And then Wayne Gallman, who nobody's talking about for the Niners. Nobody's talking about him, which is solid. Good. I mean, he he peeled in for for uh, Saquon the last two seasons and played yeah. very well, you know, compared to Saquon. He yeah. played very well in, in a frankly, a, a rough offense. So a guy mm-hmm. like Wayne Gallman, again, another veteran, could come in, at least get third down work, split work with, with uh, Henderson. I know fantasy doesn't want that for Henderson, but if I'm a Rams Head coach, yeah. that's the move I'm making. I'm t- I'm bringing in a veteran with upside and burst, and instead of like 
in Adrian Peterson and Le'Veon Bell, who, yeah. in my opinion, Bell's a headache and AP is a legend, but like three yards of carry, I don't, I don't need that anymore. I need, <laughs> I need burst. I need the ability to catch the ball. I need guys that can break 20, 30 yard runs uh, when Henderson's off the field. So Absolutely. that's the move I'm taking versus like bring in the OG free guy that just wants another job. Yeah, that is true. That is definitely true. And from a financial standpoint, I think we have like close to 7 million available. So I only say say those guys because they're going to come in dirt cheap because they just want an opportunity, especially Bell. I think I, I just did an article for Downtown Rams. I feel like Bell has been not given full opportunity to be, you know, be who he can be, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? To be able to be like a not workhorse, but anything that's under a workhorse, to be mm-hmm. able to take the load off of the guy. But you, you think about it, the Jets were a terrible offense under Adam Gates. And then he goes to the Chiefs. You know, they're a pass-heavy offense. They have an investment. They have a first-round investment with CEH. So it's like you're not really giving Bell the opportunity to be able to showcase what he's still able to do because I just saw a lack of motivation yeah. all the, the whole entire time he was with the Jets. He didn't want to be there. And no. when you know your boss doesn't want you there, it, it kind of just bothers you week to week of wanting to go out there and win when you know the coach sucks. So I think, you know, this will be like a refresher, kind of like, you know, maybe he gets the Adam Gates curse that we've seen with Tannehill, that we've seen with Kenyon Drake, et cetera. So maybe maybe we can get something out of that. But I honestly think if they do bring in a guy, just bring somebody in that's going to be able to work, like be able to do something. You know what I mean? I do. I do have to say, I don't think I don't think Le'Veon Bell is necessarily totally toast. I think yeah. he would be a nice compliment somewhere. But I have to say, man, ripping on a guy, even though he pulled it back and denied it, and I didn't mean that, and all this other shit that everybody always says when they get caught doing He's something dumb, <laughs> bro. Calling out a guy like Andy Reid, who's a legend, uh, when you went to a Super Bowl, because um, I'm pretty who sure get, if he who, won, he won. Yeah, that. exactly. Who get, he, and look, Andy Reid gave a guy a shot that nobody else in the league was going to give a shot. And yes, yeah. he didn't play as much as he thinks he deserves, whatever. But it's the Chiefs, man. They don't need running backs. And he brought you in to give you a chance to win a title. And exactly. for him to go out and, and and throw Andy's name in the mud when he's like the most respected dude in the entire NFL, bad look for Lev. I'm sorry. It's just like it's Super. not Super. Not a good That's look. Probably why aren't calling, man. They're probably not going to call just for that. I agree. And and look, I mean, even when he was the a top running back in the NFL, certainly the 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 before Todd Gurley, before CMC, it was yeah. Le'Veon Bell, right? Um, <coughs> even when he was that guy for the Steelers he was still running his mouth and he was a headache yeah. and he sat out a year and he was complaining. And like, the reality is man, teams don't want the drama and the distraction. He's, is that he's not worth the talent that? anymore. That's his problem. Exactly. He doesn't have the talent to back it up. So I I'd be shocked if, if Lev finds a job, but this might be an opportunity because of the circumstance, unfortunately with K makers. Yeah. All right, man, let's move on to the wide receivers. This is where we can have some fun. I've loved Cooper cup and Robert Woods since yes. they came into the league. Deshaun Jackson, who look, man, <laughs> he's going to give you three quality games at least. All right, three Deshaun quarters. Jackson, yeah, three, three quarters. quarters. Fair <laughs> enough. Three quarters though could be three catches for 196 yards and three touchdowns. Though, so I'll take it. Best ball extreme, take him in the last round, whatever. Dynasty, you don't want him. Redraft, maybe a last pick. Deshaun Jackson comes in, but look, man, Tutu Atwell, say what you want. Second round pick, Van Jefferson, who I think people a lot of forgot about because he yeah. didn't do much last year with Josh Reynolds. But my boy Josh Reynolds, who never got a shot, he's in Tennessee now. Um, how do you feel about this? You know, pretty busy, but I think very talented overall, top to bottom, uh, Rams receiving core with Matt Stafford now. So I'll start at the bottom. So the bottom being, you know, I'm going to reverse order of relevance. So I think Tutu Atwell will be 
designated to mostly special teams. I think we'll see him run a nine route. We'll see him do some jet sweeps. I, I really feel like he's not going to be like the guy in the offense that he's going to be, you know, this playmaker, you know, week in and week out. So that for fantasy, I do not recommend you draft him. Now, Deshaun Jackson, he'll be hurt week one. But like you said, he can have three catches for like 70, like 70 to 80 yards, which is great, you know, from a winning standpoint. But for fantasy, I'm not going to deal with the headache of having Deshaun Jackson. In my Stafford flex. does like the deep ball guy, too. So, yeah. So it's like I'm not going to deal with the headache of having him in my flex and then like three quarters in, he's done. Yeah, he's done for the season. So it's like, no, no, I wouldn't recommend that. So moving on to Van Jefferson. So this is where it gets weird. This is where like I hype him up, but then I try to pull back because I'm putting on my fan hat. I really want him to succeed. Really, really do. Because I really liked his tape. I really feel like, you know, Sean McVay and Sneed kind of sold us fans on them because of their excitement. They compared their excitement to Cooper Cup when they landed him. Mm -hmm. So you see how that panned out. So they really want to like make him a star. They have plans for him. And I really feel like the back end of the season, like week 10 and on, we saw a snap opportunity increase because I think they already knew Josh Reynolds was kind of underdeveloped in some areas because he had his opportunity to step up when Brandon Cooks went down. He had his opportunity to step up when Cooper Cup went down. And we didn't really get much pop out of him. So I really feel like with that wide receiver three role they can easily see a hundred targets. They can easily, you know, bring in about, you know, 60 to 70 catches, but it's a matter of talent. So with Van Jefferson, I think he has the separation. He has a great catch radius. He's a guy that's going to get the ball at the, the top point and get, he has soft hands. Like everything I saw from him last season, the little flashes just makes me hopeful for this season with a, like a serviceable, a good quarterback that can get him the ball. So I really feel like, you know, he can easily be, you know, the golden Tate to Stafford, what we saw like there in, like in, in the line. So I definitely want him to succeed. But if I'm going to be realistic for fantasy, you might want to pump the brakes. You want to be patient with him. You just have to – like I want to. I don't want to say he's a rookie, but you have to be patient with the young guys. You just have to, you know, kind of see them get groomed and worked into the offense. And it's honestly hopeful when the head coach is saying week after week, you know, Van Jefferson, Van Jefferson. You want them to keep, you know, keep them on your mind. So I definitely think he he's going to be good. So moving on to Cooper Cup, I really feel like for fantasy, he has top 10 ability. And it's going to be based off of the touchdowns. It's not going to just be over receptions, the volume. He's going to be a touchdown junkie. I mean, we saw him finish wide receiver five because he had all those touchdowns. He, him and Galladay, I think it was tied up for like 12, I think. Don't quote me on that. But they were they were really, you know, depending on him in the red zone, which is a, a good look for Stafford to get him the ball and basically ball out this year. So I'm saying top 10. But Robert Woods – He's going to be your vine guy. He's going to be the guy that's going to be all over the place. He can also run that nine route. We've seen him run it before when Sammy Watkins was there mm -hmm. in 2017. So they were just basically switching roles of who's going to run this nine route and get golf, you know, to throw the deep ball accurately. But I really feel like, you know, Robert Woods probably ends up being the wide receiver one, the alpha. He's just going to have so many catches. He's going to be open. And I, I really like enjoy, you know, Robert Woods being the underdog, but this year I feel like he's getting too much credit so his ADP <laughs> is kind of just like, ah, oh, it's going out of control. But I used to love getting him as my wide receiver, too, like in the later rounds. But, you know, let, let the man get his respect now. He's going to kill it this year. I agree. And in my opinion, you can't go wrong with either Cup or Woods. Nah. I, I personally – so it's one of those like in full PPR, Eileen, Robert Woods, uh, because the I think he's going to have maybe 20 more catchers or so. 
however, I think Cup, Cooper Cup is going to have five plus more touchdowns. So oh, in, like, yeah. ha- in half or standard, if people still play standard, half or non PPR, I should say, I yeah. lean Cup in full PPR, I lean Woods. But, you know, in industry leagues, man, like leagues that you and I play in where people do this all day if in a living and everybody has a channel yeah. and, a, and like in those leagues, <laughs> there's certain players that are much higher and much lower than like the work league, the, the home league, the homie league. The home yeah, I love and the home league. They're unpredictable. Me too. And in the home league, Robert Woods, I think, is going to continue to get disrespected. I think that oh, you'll yeah. still find him in your regular league. He's still going to be a fourth, late fourth, a fifth round guy. And if you're getting yeah. him there as your wide receiver two or three, steal. Cooper Cup, I think, might be a little bit heavy, uh, higher um, than that, but still probably in like the what late third, fourth, maybe even fifth yeah. round, depending on your still league a good settings. Grab, though it's still a good grab, man. Because- I'm all, I'm over that all day long um, yeah, because, because again, you're you're talking either aging veterans um, who look. I love my man Julio Jones. I love Adam yeah. Thielen and blah, but but I'll take probably Cooper Cup and Robert Woods over those guys neck to neck. Um, or you're talking like you know C.D. Lambs, T. Higgins. Who again? Excellent wide receivers. Yeah, but they're they're in competition, and Robert Woods and, and, and Cooper Cup are obviously in their own competition with each other on the team. But I think yeah. they're both going to be able to get theirs. And uh, Matt Stafford throws the deep ball significantly better, uh, about thirty oh, yeah. percent more accurate than Jared Goff does. And you saw in two thousand seventeen, the Rams wanted to air it out, and it got them all the Super Bowl behind uh, Gurley, yeah. but without Cam Akers now. They might turn to more of a, a pass game, which they might have anyway with Matt Stafford coming. I think over. they were always like that. They just wanted to get the running game, you know, involved as well. Especially you got Todd Gurley, you got to run the balls. You know what I mean? So that the thing is about Todd Gurley before he was broken, he was seeing a ton of targets per game. Ridiculous. It was like five to six targets, six to seven targets. He was seeing a bunch of targets out of backfield. That screen. He's taking it to the house every yeah. single time. Yeah. Where Roger Southfield, Southfield, the old mm-hmm. lineman that's in Tennessee right now, he was talking about Gurley in that Seattle game. He was just like, the man is just electric. Like he makes my job ten times easier. And yeah, like when you have a guy like that, you're going to run the ball at. You're going to just put the ball in his hands at all costs. So I feel like now we lose Acres. We're not really dependent on, on Henderson. We're going to be a pass-heavy offense. And Cooper mm-hmm. Cup, guys like, you know, Van Jefferson, maybe, you know, Deshaun Jackson, they're going to be able to get involved and be able to, you know, showcase their real talent and be able to have the volume to be fantasy relevant. So we shall see. I like that. Well, last position here. I want to just talk about the tight ends quickly, see if you have any thoughts on the tight end position. I yeah. bring this up because I have been a, I've been a Gerald Everett guy for like four years. I just think the nice. talent was always there. He had opportunities, but he was always hurt. The whole yep. the whole mantra of like he was Sean McVay's first draft pick and all that stuff. Yep. He just couldn't get it. And then Tyler Higby was the number one tight end over the last five games in 2019. I wouldn't say he wasn't a bust last year, but he didn't return what you thought yeah. you were getting with him. Both of them kind of ate each other. But now Gerald Everett's in Seattle, which spoiler alert, one of my favorite deep shot tight ends. Oh, yeah. Um, in Seattle with Russell Wilson, but now Tyler Higby is is the guy, presumably, in Los Angeles. Um, my yeah. co-host Bobby Lamarco likes Tyler Higby a lot in the later rounds with the upside to see what he can do. As a Rams fan slash analyst, are you believing in in Tyler Higby or anybody else there in that tight end position with Matt Stafford uh, now with the Rams? <sighs> so I got a two parter. So before the Acres injury, no. 
Higby was not on my radar. I was telling everybody, okay. there's like by the numbers, it's just not. Is that volume or talent or it's volume. It's not even okay. talent. He's a talented tight end, of course. I mean, he was being called Baby Gronk, which he obviously didn't lead up to, live yep. up to. But I really feel like it's a volume issue. Like mathematically, the numbers just weren't there for him. I mean, you're having Robert Woods, you're having Cooper Cup. They're getting 125 targets for the last three years, like a piece. Like that's a piece. They're both eating that. So therefore, I just didn't see them trying to make Tyler Higby a focal point in that offense to be fantasy relevant, to have the volume there when he's splitting with a tight end. He's always going to be splitting with a tight end. I mean, we just drafted another tight end this year and then converted a guy to a tight end as well, yeah. Jacob Harris. And he's mm-hmm. lighting up the OTA. So training camp is on the way. So if you're going to keep hearing his name, that just lets you know it's not really going to happen. I mean, after the Akers injury, maybe. Because now, like I said, we're going to have to lean more on the passing, and then maybe the numbers are there for him. Maybe he's going to be able to get 80 targets. Maybe he catches 50 of them. Who knows? I, I really feel like, you know, it's a weird ball game with Higby because, again, Gerald Edwards out of the way. We basically drafted his replacement, which was Bryson Hopkins, you know, which was last year. I really feel like, you know, with Jacob Harris converting to a tight end now, that adds another body in the tight end room. If it was Higby season for real, we wouldn't have made these investments. We wouldn't have done these things. So after the Acres, you know, injury, maybe. I'm still hands off. You know, as a Rams fan, I hate talking down on my guys, but there's hype trains that build and build and build and build, mm-hmm. and there's no, nothing really backing it. So, like, we go back to the five games that he was, like, tight end one. Let's really break it down. Brandon Cooks was hurt. Josh Reynolds was very undeveloped. Then you're looking at a broken Todd Gurley. Who else is going to step up? Yeah, Who else is going to step enough. up? Fair. The numbers are there. So, therefore, with Brandon Cooks out, broken Todd Gurley, underdeveloped, you know, Josh Reynolds. No and Gerald Everett. Everett. And a hurt Gerald Everett. So, yeah. therefore, it just, like, when things like that happen, there's really no backing or any logic behind it. Why don't we break down why did this happen? Out of nowhere, out of the four years he's been there, only five games. Five. That's it for him to be relevant. Why did it happen? So, when you break it down, Look at the numbers. Mathematically, it's just not there for him. But like I said, after the Acres injury, maybe. I'm still hands off, but maybe. Yeah, fair enough. And last year he had one game where he had three touchdowns in the game, but I think he had like four catches or something, which <laughs> that, that that happens on occasion, right? That's obviously fluke shit. But here's um, the thing. Why would you want that guy on your roster? Right. You're going to have him on your bench when he does that. Yeah. And then you go start him three points, four points, seven points. Yeah. Then you, oh man, I got to put on my bench again. Then he blows up again. Why would you want that headache week to week with a position you only need one in redraft? You only need one of that position. So why would you want that headache, man? I'm, I'm, I am with you. And it's tough (laughs) though when you get to late round, 12th round tight end or something like that, everybody's boom bust. And with Tyler Higby, at least we've seen it. Um, And look, uh, Matt Stafford has not been shy targeting his tight end whether it was Hawkinson yeah. or Ebron or, you know, guys back in the day. So there could be some usage there and especially with acres going down yep. maybe, but I'm you're, you're, you're pumping my brakes a little bit. Um, I haven't been crazy Higby. I've yeah. just been like Rams tight end. Uh, but now, but here's the thing too. Like <clears throat> I, I understand the upside. I understand like the general upside, the surface of it, but the Rams have never been tight end friendly since Jared Goff And I mean, uh, Jared cook. So it's like, I don't know where this like relevancy for a Rams tight end has been, you know, let's hype him up to be this because mm. if you think about it, 
Sean McVay came over as a tight ends coach, but he's an offensive guru. He he has this vision, and we never seen him cater to the tight ends for the last four years. So I'm not understanding how this equates to him being a thing. You know what I mean? It's not a tight end friendly. If you're going to wait for a tight end like two years ago, Jack Doyle, or even last year, Jack Doyle was a guy that was going in those later rounds. The Colts always have been tight end friendly. Those are things they target the tight ends a, a ton. Yeah. So that is a tight end friendly offense. So when you're evaluating these late round tight ends, look at the offense in general. Are they catering to the tight end? And these guys, they always fought like John Smith last year. The yeah. Titans have always been a team that catered to their freaking tight ends. So when we go to these high profile, these offensive that, you know, there are powerhouses and all this other stuff, and they have a tight end and an offense, we automatically assume that tight end is going to be great. But it doesn't always work like that. That's fair. I think that's a that's a great breakdown. It's a good way to think about it because again, we talk a lot of coaching tendencies on the show, yeah. and you have to take more than the surface. A lot of fantasy people take last year's numbers, projections, new players, whatever. So much of it has to do with what is the tendency going to be, what's the scheme going to be, and now yeah. with the Rams, unfortunately. You got to audible, and un- and unfortunately, audible. Cam Akers is not the only one that's probably going to go down in the next couple of months. Yeah, this, this ain't how the last it is injury. Every- it's just the first that really you know shook the fantasy community, and yeah. so, and it's it is a it is a disappointment. Laquan, it's been a pleasure, man. I appreciate you jumping on, brother. Before you get out of here, um, is there anything else? Again, you're you're in touch. Rams heavy. Is there anything else, fantasy or not fantasy, defensive things, um, special teams, coaching stuff? Any uh, you know, positive or extremely negative, other than the injury to Acres, things that we should know just kind of coming out of Ramsville, um, currently that we should maybe keep an eye on, or, or anything you're hearing currently that would be beneficial to anybody thinking about the Rams teams. Uh, keep a lookout on that defense. A lot of people are like saying like they won't be the number one defense again because some of the exits, you know, so many people that sign elsewhere, et cetera. But I really think we're really good right now as a core. The chemistry is there. Jalen Ramsey is obviously, you know, out there balling and we still have Aaron Donald. I mean, mm-hmm. you really need to look out for that defense. That defense is going to be something to reckon with week in and week out as it always been, you know what I mean? So I definitely feel like, you know, we really haven't taken like a step back, even with the new changes, even with acres, you know, injury. I really, feel like we're we're going to be a winning team and possibly a Super Bowl. All right, man. I love it. Well, it's it's I hope it's you and us uh, aka 49ers in the in the in the realm. I really hope not. I, you guys had our number for a while. It's always the 49ers kicking our ass. Home away, it doesn't matter. So, I'm really I'm really getting tired of you guys actually. <laughs> Well, what I appreciate about the Rams, man, is the Rams always beat up on the Seahawks. Oh, hell but then, yeah. I love but, that. but then the Cardinals beat up on the Rams, and yeah. then the Seahawks beat up on us. It's dude, the, the division is nasty. And just nasty. as a football it fan, it is a fun division. The yeah. NFC West and the AFC North with the Vic or the uh the Browns, Steelers, Ravens, and, and Bengals yeah. are just my two favorite divisions by far um in yeah. the NFL to watch weekly and when they play each other. Sunday nights, Monday nights, you know, it's it's Doesn't gonna matter. be it's going to be fun. All right, brother. This has been a pleasure, man. We're definitely going to have you back on. I appreciate your time and finally making this happen. Yeah, Before man. you get out of here, Laquan, uh, please let everybody know where we can find all your channels, your shows, people that aren't following yeah. you yet. Wherever can we find all your content, brother? Hey, man, you guys can find me on YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, obviously Twitter at Real Deal Fantasy. I just dropped an article for Downtown Rams about 
the Cam Akers injury and what you should do. And I got another article from my website about, you know, Leonard Fournette, Ronald Jones, and the Gio Bernard. What are you going to do on draft day with those guys? So at Real Deal Fantasy, you guys can find me everywhere. Can you give us a sneak peek of that article? Which uh, running back do you like or dislike from that? Just a little snippet teaser from the uh, Buccaneers backfield. Do not draft Leonard Fournette. Just don't. That's it. Boom. We're gonna leave it at that. Just don't. We're gonna God. we're gonna end on <laughs> that one. Laquan Jones, a pleasure, man. I appreciate you coming in. This has been another episode of the Candlestick Kids Fantasy Football Podcast. Again, please follow me on Twitter, Sky Guasco, S K Y G U A S C O on Instagram, fantasy football underscore TCK pod. Subscribe right here to the channel, the Candlestick Kids. Make sure to subscribe, hit the bell, leave a comment on the Rams for 2021, and leave a rate and review anywhere you listen to your Believe Podcast Networks. Shouts out to our sponsors, Red Zone Draft Boards, Bomb Banana Hot Sauce, and the Jersey Jungle. From my man, Laquan Jones, a.k.a. Real Deal Fantasy, I'm your host, Scott Guasco, and we are out of here. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.